Welcome to a new episode of The Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. Uh, today, we have a, a special special guest, uh, someone that I've gotten to know over the, the, the course of the years, and I think for people that are uh, wanting to, to grow as a person and, and develop uh, their, their mindset and, and their, their heart and, and body, I, I think this is going to be the episode for you. Uh, for a lot of people, especially, uh, well, I'll say even, uh, I think what he does uh, really pertains to to anyone, but uh, I know especially for my for my athletes and for my my creative community, uh, you know, really learning how to develop that mindset and and learning how to uh, you know the, the the things that we say to ourselves can sometimes um, derail us or uh, create a platform for our potential greatness. Um, but I'll, I'll let uh, Coit Cooper, Dr. Coit Cooper. Um, share his story and uh, what he does and, and where he's at now. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. It's been awesome getting to know you and getting a chance to work with you. So yeah, as he said, uh, I'm Coit. And um, yeah, I just going way back, my journey started when I was younger. Um, I was I was crazy a little bit. I would get myself into all kinds of trouble and just, you know, riding off jumps, cracking my head open and I just was one of those guys that always wanted to see what would happen, which actually translates to being maybe stupid a little bit when I was young. But um, so I'd get into trouble a lot. And my neighbors came after a couple of trips to the emergency room and were like, hey, you, um, you should let him try wrestling. And so my parents were like, yeah, let, let's let him try wrestling. And so I went into wrestling and I, and I just loved it. Um, just the ability to have an outlet for my energy and to direct my focus. And, and I got involved with a lot of sports and I really, really loved that. I enjoyed it. And, and it gave me that opportunity to, to channel my focus towards things. And um, I really liked it. And wrestling was the one sport that um, I was really able to excel at, was fortunate to have really great coaches around me and um, and I was able to have some success and I got to the point where when I was in middle school, I, I made some world teams and then, um, going into high school, uh, was ranked very high. So I stopped doing other sports and I just kind of focused on wrestling and, um, had great parents who supported me and, uh, had a chance to go wrestling college. And, and in college, it was interesting because I went from when I was younger, I had this amazing world-class youth coach who a lot of the stuff I do mindset wise, his name's Ron, he passed recently, um, man, he just, he would, he would do things like meditation. Um, he would talk to us about gratitude, about having fun and competition. A lot of the stuff you see at really high levels in the sport of wrestling that Penn state's doing, he did these things like 20, 20, 30 years ago, which is really phenomenal. And so I had this chance to do the best wrestling, the best performance of my life in high school. And then I went to college and, and I had a good career, but um, a lot of my focus changed when I went to college, you know, versus this opportunity versus having fun versus going out and, and just cutting loose. I went into college and I started to worry about getting taken down. I started to worry about losing matches and protecting my ranking. And I really added a lot of pressure to my shoulders and, and, and just to, to everything. And I felt that weight and, and it just kind of no longer became fun for me. And I ended up being an all American, but I fell short of my goals. And so, um, so when I got done with that, that was, a, I didn't realize it at the time, that was a really big learning point for me because I didn't enjoy this thing that I loved. And it was because of my mindset. It was because of the things I was focusing on. And so that was inserted into my brain, but I moved forward. Um, I went on and I decided to go back to school. At the time, my brother was wrestling on the team and my my uh, fiance at the time, or my, my wife at the time um, was still in school. And so I didn't wanna leave and go somewhere else to do my school. So I went in and I, I worked on getting my PhD and I thought, man, it'd be really cool to go out and, 
And I've loved, I loved, I've always loved teaching, coaching. I've always loved that. And so I thought, man, what if I go out and I get my PhD and I could, I could teach and, and then I could also do research that would give back to athletes and to the sport. And I thought, man, that'd be this cool combo. And so um, I was able to do that at Indiana University. I got my PhD. Um, and then I went off with my wife and I went into becoming a professor. And I, I really did. I loved working with students. I love getting the chance to be kind of close to them. And, and it was this combination, really enjoy speaking, enjoy teaching. And so I was able to do that. Um, and, and at the same time, I got to do this research where I was able to work with like wrestling and other non Olympic sports, basically, um, to really kind of build their culture, build their brand. Um, there were pieces of mindset in there. And I just, I really love that. But I kind of got into a situation where I kind of had an abrupt, like life change happen. And the life change, I know Q, you know my story, but um, I was a professor at the University of North Carolina and it was really like 28 years old, like this dream job. I landed it and I'm like, man, the campus is gorgeous. It's a top 10 public institution. Um, one of the best athletic departments in the country. And I was in sport administration, like sport leadership and branding. And so it was this perfect fit. And so I went in there and um, had the, I definitely was ambitious at the time and um, had that former wrestling mindset where I'm going to go in there and man, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to get my habits right. I'm just go after it. And so I sat down with my boss at the time. His name is Kevin Guskowitz and Kevin has done so well. He was my chair of my department. He's now the chancellor of the university of North Carolina. He runs the university. And so at the time he said, Coit, we're going to ask you to do some things we've never asked anybody to do. We're going to ask you to publish three to four articles a year, which is a lot. Um, we're, you've never, nobody in your area has ever got grant funding, but we're going to ask you to get grant funding and we're going to ask you to pour into teaching because we care about that here. And, and there were other things he talked about, but I went home and I thought like, I'm going to go above and beyond. Like I'm going to leave no doubt. And the reason why is because when you're a tenure line professor, you essentially have six years where you pour into your job. You do everything you can. It's about publications, about grant funding, it's about teaching. You got to, it's like a sprint. You got to sprint. You got to go for it. And that's what I did. I used my, my kind of my past skill sets and I decided I'm going to publish seven or eight articles a year. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find grants. I'm going to pour into my teaching. And that's exactly what I did. I started to publish seven, eight articles a year. Um, I got a grant from the NWCA, which was the, well, not only the only, but it was a good funding. I was able to do that. Um, at one point, I won a teaching award at the university, and you have annual evaluations. And so every year, um, they basically tell you whether or not you're doing well. And for the first, I think, two to three years, Kevin Gus was my boss. He just kept saying, keep doing what you're doing, man. We couldn't ask you to do anything else. You're good. Um, year three was more serious. They had more of the professors in the department look at it. They said, you're good. Like no red flags, keep moving forward. And so I go years four and five, my boss is different, but same message. I get into year six and you put all your materials up, like all the books you've written, all the articles, all the grant funding, teaching philosophy, just this huge packet of all your work. And and um, I had heard horror stories about this, but in my mind, I was like, yeah, no, like I've, I've done more than they've asked me to do. Like, surely that's not going to happen. And so I put all my material together in this big folder and you put it out and you do it like in October and you're not likely to hear until like April. Like it's a really long, slow process. And a lot of people are going to evaluate you. And I tell people, if you want to go into a very critical environment, go into academia, a very, very critical environment. Everybody's going to pick apart what you're doing. So anyways, I just, I, I turn that in and I just go about my business doing my thing and I don't hear anything other than, I don't know if it's midway, they said some good news, the department, the, the people who knew you most voted like 12-0, 12 no, 12 like for, to, to support your tenure. And that's like really good. You don't, 
normally have that. And I heard, you know, my chair supportive, my senior associate dean, my dean, basically my college has all been supportive. And that's a good sign. I mean, that's that means you're moving in the right direction. And it gets to the point where it's really one last committee that has to look at it. Well, April rolls around. I don't hear anything. Like I just, I hear nothing. And so I start to get a little bit nervous. I'm going, man, like something going on. But they said, no, man, it's like at this point, it's like a red rubber stamp, Coit. Everything has been good. Like there's no reason to be worried at all. And May comes around and graduation passes and I still don't hear anything. And then I'll never forget. It's like the Monday after graduation, um, my boss writes me and says, hey, I want to meet. Like, I'd like you to come in. And I'm going like, oh, cool. And my mind, I'm going, this is the moment. Like, this has been our goal, right? And I'm so excited. And I'm thinking like, you know, we're going to go in. They're going to tell us we got tenured and we're going we're gonna to celebrate. We're going to go buck wild. And with my family, buck wild means like Chuck E. Cheese. That's what we're talking about. We're not, we're not anything crazy or anything. So we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. We're going to go all out, all the tokens you want, go crazy. Because um, this is what we work for. Bought a house, two kids here. This was the only plan. There was no other plan. And so I go in, it's a beautiful day. I drive in, I park, I go into my boss's office, knock on the door. He, he gets up from his, his computer, he comes over and he's got an envelope in his hand. And there's a big um, conference table in between us. And he sits down and um, he says, yeah, I wanna, I wanna like to talk. And so we sit down and he jumps into it right away. Um, and he says, Coit, he said, um, there's, you know, he said, I want to first thank you. Like you've done everything you've at, we've, we've asked you to do. You've been a valuable citizen to our department and we just can't thank you enough. And I'm, I've got, I'm this enthusiastic guy. So I jumped in and I'm like, thank you. Like, I've loved being here. This has been a dream job. Everybody's so cool. Like, it's just been awesome. And then I looked at him and I could just see in his eyes, um, that he was about to tell me something that I didn't want to hear. And everybody's been in that spot where all of a sudden they can just tell they're about to hit, have some news. That's not great. And he says, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but he said, you've been denied tenure. Now for the listeners out there, what that means is I just in an instant lost my job. This was the job. This was my dream job. This was my plan. And I tell people like, especially when you haven't worked on your mind, when you've worked on your mind, you've worked on your habits, you can control your response a little bit. When, when something big like that happens that rocks your world, it's not even your, you don't even feel like your mind goes first. It's like your body goes into this flight mode. My body, like, I felt like my stomach had dropped out from under me. I felt like there was like somebody squeezing my throat and my face was flush. Um, and then my thoughts caught up to me. My first thought was like, what does this mean for my family? Like, this is how I support my family. This is what I do. Like, what does this mean for them? The second thought I'll never forget. It was like, what am I going to tell other people? Am I damaged goods now? Like, how do I, how do I explain this and get another job? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. And then my, my next thought that was prominent thought I had was like, I want to get out of here. I, I don't want to be in here. Like I, my boss was so kind. Like he wanted to talk about a, a different job opportunity with been a demotion, but it was going to pay the same and I would teach more. And, but I didn't want to talk about that because I knew I had to do one more thing. And I always imagined on this day, I'd be leaving and I'd be calling my wife, Brandy and saying, Hey, Chuck E. Cheese, let's roll. Let's have fun. But instead I'm going like, how do I tell her in a way that doesn't rock her world? Because this is like, this definitely shook mine. And I didn't even, I didn't know what to do. And so Finally, I'm like, dude, she's my soulmate. She's my person. Like, I'm just going to call her and tell her. And then I, I do a horrible job with the call because I call her, I dial it up. She answers. And I don't know leeway. I just say, I didn't get it. And I, I joke with audiences. I'm like, she's thinking, you didn't get what? Your lunch? What are we talking about, dude? And I said, I didn't get tenure. 
Now, my wife is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, like this Midwest kind of quiet, calm, like, and I got to tell you, though, when you push a Midwest girl the wrong way, they got some fight in them. She was so mad. She's like, you're, you've got to be kidding me. And the first thing is, you, she said, you're joking, right, Coit? Because I'm a bit of a joker, especially with her and my family. And this is one of those times where I wish I wasn't a joker because, like, she didn't believe me at first. And I said, no, sweetie, I'm, I'm being dead serious. This is what it is. And she said, Coit, like, what does this mean for us? And I said, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to come home and we're going to figure it out. Now, I want to stop right there because this was a really, really big turning point in our lives. And when you have something like this taken out, I dealt with a variety of different emotions, and I'll lead to why this is so relevant now. The first thing I felt was confused because I thought I did everything they asked me to do and more. All the feedback was good. How can one committee of eight people who have ever met you at the top of the university just seven of them vote, vote no, and you don't have any say in it. You can't argue it. You can't do anything. It's just, it's just final. And then I started to get angry because I got a little fight in me. I'm a former athlete, wrestler. Like, I got mad. I was like, this is messed up. Like, what the, what the heck? And then I arrived finally at an emotion that I'm not really sure at the time I knew what it was, but I was watching a talk by Brene Brown where she talked about um, the feeling of shame, like the feeling that you get when you're disconnected, where you feel like you're not a part of a group. And I thought to myself, like, that's exactly how I feel. Like I, man, all my, my colleagues and students were so nice and so supportive, but like, I felt embarrassed that I lost my job. Like I, I felt like in the moment, I felt like I, I wasn't quite enough. And it just, I just felt that. And, and I just, I told every, I would tell everybody like, everything's good. Everything's happens for a reason. But in reality, I was struggling. Like my mind was running on me. You know, I was, I was worried. Like, what does this mean for my family? I wasn't sure how to figure things out. And then to cap things off, I went to my wife and I said, you know, I don't want to take this other job. I just don't think we'll be happy. And she said, well, what would you want to do? And I said, you know, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to go out and be an author, coach, speaker, work with people to help transform their minds, their lives. It was a passion, right? I was, but I always thought like, I'll, I'll get further along. I'll get stable. Really, I probably would have never done it. But, I, but anyways, I'm talking to her and she goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do this. And she, at the time, was probably not a risk person. I would say it's safe to say she was allergic to risk a little bit. And yet she looked at me and she said, well, go for it. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean go for it? She's like, go for it. If that's what you want. I, I, yeah, I support you. Let's do that. And I got to admit, it caught me off guard. I'm going, I expected some fight back. Like, what about insurance? What do we do? Quite, you should probably take that. Instead, she's like, go for it. And she literally, to this day, has always been like, let's go. I got you. Um, and so we went out and it became this journey where not only was I dealing with kind of this, this pain of what I've dealt with, but then I took on new challenges, which seems crazy at the, but like, I had to go out and figure out how to build a business. I had to figure out how to like mentally figure that out. Cause it was all, ch all chips in. I mean, we literally cut into retirement, everything to do this. We're, we all, we put everything on the table because like, we believed in this mission, in this journey and you know, we put all of our retirement into it to make it happen. And in the middle of it, you're dealing with a lot of like doubt. Like, what if this doesn't work? Like, what, what if I can't support my family? Like, what happens then? Like, and in the middle of it, though, the most amazing thing happened. Um, when I'm battling with this past hurt, this new journey, that's a really big journey. And a lot of people want to take this journey. I, I have a lot of people that reach out to me that want to go out on their own. And there's just a lot there mentally. Well, in the middle of it, I started to establish some really, really powerful, powerful habits that I teach to people now. 
And it stemmed from a video that I watched by Robin Sharma. And Robin Sharma is really awesome, has some cool books. The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, a leader without a title, works with Fortune 500 companies, Olympic athletes. And he had this video and he said, hey, like my dad always told me like, go hungry if you have to, but never stop reading. That was Robin's dad's message to him. And he said in this video, he said, if you get up every morning and rise early and read the right books, he said, it will literally change your life. And at the time I'm like, listen, I don't really have a better option. I don't like the way I feel. I'm, I'm, I definitely have fear of everything that's going on. And I thought I need something. And so I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start getting up every day. I'm going to start reading the right books. And man, I tell people it was incredible. I started to wake up. And what most people don't realize is we wake up, we grab our phones, we allow other things to dictate the pace. It grabs our brain and it pulls it in the wrong direction. And mine was already going in the wrong direction. But when I started to wake up and I started to read the right books, and these weren't romance novels and things like that. These were development books, books from the most successful people on the planet, books on how to get your mind right, books on goals. I just started to flood my brain with that. And the first thing I noticed is, wow, like I feel better when I do this. My mind is better when I do this. And then I started to read and I started to take more action. And then I started to go, wow, like, what if I did more of these? What if I went for this? What if I really did this thing? And it became this unbelievable transformational point for me. And when you read the right books, it just so happens that you start to stumble upon more habits. Like you start to go, wow, like the most powerful people on the planet do things like gratitude. They meditate, um, values. And I just started to pick things up. And because I was a coach, I tried to make it my own. I tried to, to, to really, really adapt it and evolve it and make it better. And in the meantime, there's, there was this incredible transformation happening in my brain. This one where I was dwelling on disappointment, frustrated, overwhelmed. I tell people really in a, in a one to two year span, I went from that to really my mind being dialed in, loving my life, believing I can do what I want in that time span. And what I tell people is you don't have, it doesn't have to take you that long. If you find the right people, they can coach you and it can happen faster. But it was this unbelievable transformation. And it was really all from this just like morning routine that started to set the tone for my day. And I tell people now really what was happening as I was grabbing control of my mind, which was running on me. And I, and I learned to quiet it. And I learned to point it in the right direction. And when you learn to point your brain to, to, to first off, when you learn to do things like meditate, it calms and it clears your mind. It's not an easy task, but when you learn that it's incredible, and then you come along and you start to point it to gratitude, the gratitude you have for your family, the gratitude that you have for your work, it makes you feel more filled up. It points your brain to positive. It prepares you to go out and want to do more, to feel blessed for those roles. And so I started to combine things like gratitude with goals, and um, and I just started to get more confidence and went out and, and just really pushed. And that led me to... I'll, I'll shorten it up now so we can have a little more conversation, but that led me to where I, I get a chance now to work with um, businesses, really awesome to work with businesses to help them get their minds and habits in the right place. Because re really right now, I mean, so many people are struggling um, and they need this, right? Like so many people are, well, do I do strategy or do I do mindset? I'd, Listen, you got the best strategy in the world. If your mind's not right, it doesn't matter. Um, and so I get to work with businesses to help their their executives and their staff members get their minds right. One of my favorite things I'm doing right now is I'm working more with teams and to be able to get in there and help these athletes and coaches get their minds in the right place. It's amazing, you know, and, and it's just this, when you can do that, when you can get people to get their minds and quiet them, pointed in the right direction, focused on the right things, like 
magic, like really magical transformations can happen. And so my job is to do that. My job is to get in, to create these systems for teams, for businesses, for professionals, anybody who wants to be great at things. I love doing that. And so now I'm in the process of that. Um, I'm creating these just world-class systems to help people with that, diving in with teams, diving in with businesses. And the coolest thing that I tell people about my life right now is I absolutely unequivocally love it. Um, it came from a pace of place of pain. I wasn't doing good five years ago. I, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do with it, but through this, I learned this incredible process and, you know, I learned to go inward and, and get the right habits in place to get my mind in the right place, my heart in the right place. And, um, that, it, that process is amazing. I now have so much more control over my mind, so much control, control over my actions, the things I'm doing and my business is growing. And, um, it's just really cool. To, and to be able to help people do that is I feel like I'm meant to do it. I love it. And so it just in a nutshell, that's what I do. And I'll say one more thing that I do. I, I should probably mention this. When COVID came, um, business again got turned upside down. Um, like my talk, my speaking disappeared overnight. I tell people in a two-week span, I lost $35,000 in business. I should keep track of this, but I'm almost certain. It's just hard. It's kind of tricky with COVID, but I've probably lost $75,000 plus of business, probably 100,000 really. And um, though in the middle of it, um, through some of the habits, and we can talk about this, I literally trained my brain to look at challenges and see them as opportunity. When I lost that 35,000, he said, would you freak out? I said, no, you know, for a minute, I was like, dang, like, what the heck? But then immediately, my brain is like, what's the gift? Like, what's good here? What can we learn here? And so I invested in my coaching, and I've built this coaching program out, these courses out. But in the middle of it, my wife came to me also and said, Coit, what if we got a trailer and we got an RV and started to travel the United States? And I'm like, what? No, wait, no, like, no, that's crazy. Like, who, don't, you don't just do that. Like, and I tell people she brought it up though. And again, it surprises you. Cause like the risk, again, I didn't, wouldn't expected it, but my initial response is now that wouldn't be the right fit, but I get up every morning and I meditate and I reflect. And part of my brain started to go like, what if we did that? Like, what, what if we did do that? What, what if we just got rid of everything and traveled? And my brain started to go, that could actually be pretty cool. And when you think about it, I don't have all the speaking. I don't have to be in one spot. I'm building things virtually. The kid's school is a hot mess in the middle of this. My wife has always wanted to do homeschool. And we love exploring an adventure. And so it I don't know if it took me some days, but all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm in. I told my wife, let's do it. Like, let, let's, let's sell everything. And we went through this crazy process of selling all of our stuff. We got rid of everything. We literally only have like a, a few boxes at my parents' house. We got rid of all of it. 3,500 square foot house that we'd mostly filled. This crazy process of selling stuff, donating stuff, throwing stuff away, learned so much. And for the last year with our family, we've been traveling all around the United States. And um, it's been phenomenal. Another one of those high risk, um, potentially high risk, Maybe in hindsight, it's not as much as we thought, but high risk, um, high reward, incredible experience, getting to see the country, traveling with our kids. Uh, it's been phenomenal. So I basically full-time travel around. I get to meet with clients when I'm on the road um, and build these, these systems, which are really cool. So that brings you up to the current day um, where we're traveling, I'm coaching, loving every day. So that's, that's in, in an extended nutshell, uh, my story. Oh, uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, dude. You know, I, I think that's one of those where um, some of the some of the messages that I get a lot of times just from, from various people that's that's trying to start out um, different things is, you know, they 
you know, they they want to they want to go out and they want to create this or mm -hmm. they want to they, they have an idea or maybe they want to build a business or, or anything. Maybe uh, with a lot of my artists and creators, you know, they want to pursue yeah. the, the art full time. But, you know, they have something that on the other hand, they have something that's a little bit stable. Yeah. Um, do you do you feel like if if you were still at North Carolina, say you had gotten tenure, do you feel like you wouldn't be uh, as immersed in, in mindset training and personal development as you are now? I doubt it. I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with people. I probably would have got more comfortable and maybe someday I would have dipped my toe in it, but I also wouldn't have learned what I learned. I mean, when you have something, take the rug out from under you and you're, you're down and you're, you're trying to figure it out. Essentially what I realized is that my model of living wasn't right. I was pursuing things maybe for the wrong reason. I wasn't a bad person, but I was pursuing things for attention and, and to get publications. And I started to realize that the model's not right for me. This model of, of doing things for prestige, this model of, of a normal job, like it just, it just didn't fit. This model of having somebody else controlling my life was not what I wanted. And I know a lot of people, they want that freedom. And when you start to get it right and you go out, first off, when you do what you love, that's freedom. When I do what I love, there is no grind. I don't have to grind. I don't have to like force myself. Like I love creating strategies for coaching. I get up every day so excited to help my clients break free. My mind is on that all the time. I love it. But there's also freedom now in that I've built this business that fits the lifestyle that I want. Like I don't want to work all day. I don't want to work from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. That doesn't fit the lifestyle that I want. Like I want a job or I want a calling where I can pour into my own system and that will lift me up, my family up, but I can also coach that. And I want to be able to come in in these compact pockets coach really really hard build these awesome strategies but you know what if i want to go to the pool in the afternoon with my kids that's what i'm going to do if i want to take if i want to take thursday off and go celebrate my kids accomplishments of their journal journals i want to be able to do that i want flexibility and freedom in my life and so i don't think i would have done it if i would have done it i don't know that it would have fit i don't think i would have been as effective i think because i've had to go through and face these things um, those have been what have made me the best coach that I am. I'm, I'm not saying I'm the best coach, but I'm saying the, the best version of myself is because I had to face up to my biggest fears. I had to face up to self-doubt. I had to find my triggers that were stopping me and I had to go figure them all out because it was the only way to do what I wanted. And because of that, because I went all chips on the table, have to go, I had to look inward to find the answers. And when you look inward and you find where your self-doubt and fears come from and you realize that you have some pains that you need to process and you do that work, man, you find freedom. Freedom to be able to, to go out and pursue the things that you want. Freedom to just feel comfortable in your skin, to be able to live the life that you want. And so even if it would have, even if I would have gotten, if I would have gotten tenure, I think my gut tells me I would have been comfortable. I would have spent a lot of time in that role. Um, I would have done some of it, but never all in. I couldn't possibly be where I am right now. And there's 0% chance I would have created this lifestyle that I love. I don't, I don't believe that's possible. I would have stayed stuck kind of in the same patterns, um, but it is super difficult. I don't, I'm not the guy who's sitting on here saying, hey, go sell your stuff, use your retirement, go all in. No, 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 that has to fit you. Like my philosophy was like, listen, I'm in this spot. If I go take one of these other jobs, I know it's not what I want. And if I go and I settle, I don't think I'm going to be happy. And I thought I'm willing, and my wife was on board. I'm willing to risk this because I'll never regret going and pursuing 
something that really matters to me. I feel like I'm called to do this. Even if I go and I fall short and I fall flat, worst case scenario, I'll go back, I'll find another normal job and I'll dig back in. And, but for me, the reward of, of going in, pursuing it, um, having to figure it out. Cause like the biggest thing stopping people from creating businesses, it's not strategy. There's world-class strategy out there. It's what's going on in your mind. Like if you don't, if you go out and you have self-doubts and you have these kind of patterns that aren't productive, like these, you know, you go out and you get rejected and you feel the swirl of emotions and it stops you and you feel rejection and you can't move forward. That's, that's ultimately what stops most people. It's what's going on in their minds. And so when you get the psychology, right, Tony Robbins talks about this, you know, 20% is strategy, 80% is psychology. And coaches talk about 90% is mindset, 10% is strategy. And I believe that when your mind is right, then you can find those strategies and execute them. If your mind is focused on like, what if I screw this up? Or I don't have the experience to do this. And your mind is caught on those things, very difficult to build something. And so, so much of what I do is just looking at what people are doing, figuring out like where they're getting stuck. Like what is their mind doing that's stopping them? What can we do to create that shift? Not in a matter of like months, like boom, how can we create shifts like really instantly and then come along with habits that build all that. And so um, I'm getting off, I'm getting off the mark here, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I think I needed my journey to be this journey. I feel like it's right, but um, yeah, it's different for everybody though. So you just have to figure out what fits you um, and what fits your, your relationship and then go from there. No, 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 that's, no, that's perfectly fine. I mean, it's just one of those where, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, uh, especially after COVID hit, I, I think a lot of people really start taking uh, yeah. inventory as far as like what, like what actually mattered in their lives yeah. and, and sort of knowing, I mean, I know for me, I, I deal with that all the time. Like, you know, just with, uh, you know, just with things that I, that I do as far as with the, you know, design business and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those where like, Oh, I was like, you know, I've been doing it for years and it's like, you know, I still get those feelings like, man, should I go back to something stable or should I just yeah. keep going forward? But yeah. it's, it's just one of those where um, I don't think if, if I hadn't, you know, created the podcast or if I had started the, you know, design business, I don't think I would have, uh, you know, be, be able to get the connections, you know, that I have, yeah. uh, have now. And, 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 you know, obviously that, that leads on to, to other things, but um I, I think I hear stories about that all the time. You know, I'll sit there and, you know, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I, I'm not going to say like I'm a big fan of like the Rocks movies or any, any anybody like that, but um, but I enjoy like the the story and the struggle that it took like for him to yeah. do the things that he did to to get where he is now. And I think that's evident for 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 you and, and for others that yeah. you know, built, built their own, um, you know, designed a, a life that they, they want to live and they enjoy it. Um, and I, I do see a lot of people, especially out here on the West Coast. There's a lot of people that starting to consider, you know, yeah. getting getting their own uh, like RV and just just traveling. I, oh, I know, yeah. I know, a, I know a family out here that <laughs> they just yeah. did that, um, sort of sold their stuff, and and they enjoy it. You know, yeah, they enjoy yeah, yeah. traveling and and getting experience. And obviously, yeah, you do have your 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 cons with that uh, with anything, but um, it's it's something where you know you're living life on your own terms, and that that's oh. something that I value is I I. I value and crave my desire my freedom and flexibility uh, over over anything so yeah um, yeah it's yeah it's it's wild i mean but uh i I think faith fortune always favors the bold i mean you just gotta gotta do that it's sort of weird especially um you know i'm coming from the south and i I know it's very conservative 
Uh, and then I know in Midwest, you've got very conservative, uh, really conservative culture, um, family. And uh, so it's, it's sort of wild, especially with, with like what you and your, your wife saying, yeah. hey, look, let's, let's go do this. Yeah. Uh, I know sometimes it could, you know, it, it, it sort of just messes up. Maybe I guess it's entrained in our, in our sort of just yeah. culture and family. Like it's like, this is, this is how you do things. This is, you're supposed to have this. Oh house. my gosh. Yeah. You're supposed to do this and that. And I'm like, yeah. and I, I, I find myself like constantly starting to uh, destroy like old stories that, you know, mm -hmm. I thought was meant to be true is like, you know, like I always felt like, you know, when I hit 30, I'm like, oh my God, this is the end of life as we know it now. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm barely learning. I'm like 41. Yeah. I'm like, I feel great. I was like, I'm just barely going, man. So, yeah. Just getting going. Yeah, <laughs> um, so for, uh, for, for you right now, you know, um, um, maybe you can sort of elaborate. I know you've got, uh, for, for people that don't know, uh, Coit, he's got a, uh, he's actually got a series of books. I've read all of them. Um, the last one that just came out, Flip the Script. Can you, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about, uh, Flip the Script and what that was about? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's interesting. Like my, that journey, I talked to you about UNC that that's kind of the, 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 the post part of that you know when all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're wanting to go out and do this thing you start to run into barriers and and what i did when i wrote that book is like what am i going through like you know and you start with all these negative thoughts your mind running on you you know there's things like self-doubt there's this drive to to have the need things to go perfectly and i just ran into these barriers and every time i ran into a barrier when i was writing that book if i hadn't figured it out i stopped writing and i and i try i just really got to work on going how do i get rid of this just strong desire to be perfect for things to always go perfect for things to always line up because that it doesn't work for an entrepreneur things do not go perfectly it doesn't go perfect as a parent as a coach or anything and so this is so common in my coaching clients and i have to just remind him listen not perfection just progress let's just look at growth let's just try one day at a time to try to do this and when i'd find myself at like perfection i'd have to stop and use breath and just be like man not perfect just progress Koi. go out give your best effort, find a way to grow, just keep expanding. And that, that was huge for me. I actually found myself when we decided to go out and do this RV thing, I never towed anything like nothing. Our RV is 41 feet. Our truck is over 20. We run up 60 feet. Like it's humongous. It's like a semi going down the, the highway. And so you get it and you pull it up and you're like, Whoa, like, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. And so first off, I tell people, this is where my meditation practice kicked in big time. Like, it so helped me. Like, I, I breathed, cleared my mind. And so I started to practice with this thing. But we pulled it in close to my parents' house, like at a, at a RV park, because we wanted to practice using it. And I tell people, in the week before we are about to leave, because we're going to drive like seven hours to Bend, Oregon. And in my, I felt anxiety, like I felt it in my stomach. I was so nervous. And I tell people though, and I, I could, I realized like I learned how to process emotions. So I would actually stop, take deep breaths. And we talked about this on our, our coaching call this morning, but I, I, I thought to myself, like, what am I feeling? A lot of people like to just go pretend like they don't have emotions or push them down. And instead, what I'd learned is you got you to process them. So I'd stop and go, what am I feeling? Like, I'm like, I've got anxiety. Like, I'm nervous about this. And what you can always do is stop and go, well, where's this coming from? Like, what am I focusing on that might get that? And what I was focused on is I need to be able to control this. I need this to go perfect. Like, I want this to just, I want it to always to go exactly how I want it to go. It was perfection is what I was focused on in, in control. 
And so I would actually stop and be like, okay, I'm ready to let go of this. I'm going to push this to the side. And I had to redirect. And so instead it would be no, like not perfection, just progress, quit, just growth mindset. Just, just, just go into this knowing you won't control everything, but keep your mind calm and look for ways to grow. And it literally, like in that week, I was able to lower that. And then I started to get excited about it because I really worked on those things. And so um, with that RV, man, it, it was crazy. Like, and so going back to the book, I mean, a lot of what I did is just work on those barriers, common barriers that a lot of my coaching clients deal with is just, there's these things that pop up, there's society, we've got all this programming. And so I had to work through it. So flip the script is like, how do you flip the script on these things? So you can go out, move forward, create a life you love, you know, and this, a lot of it, ha- it talks a lot about those morning habits, it talks about things that you can do in real time. And, and really the outcome is just, yeah, create a life you love, you know, being proud of the person you are showing up every day and just doing your thing. And so that's what flip the script was about. It's just, how do you flip the script on these barriers and um, free up in your life? Great. Uh, now with the, with that book, you know, how, how, how long did it take for you to uh, write that, write that book from sort of like start to finish? Yeah, that, that was, I'm not one of the guys is some of these people that will spout off. I wrote it in a day or I wrote it in a week. Like that's not <laughs> my journey, dude. That's not how I write books. I, and I, I am disciplined about it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll carve out time. I'll get up early every morning and start to write, to build momentum and try to write a page or two every day. But we're talking, I don't remember exactly, but it's, it's probably at least three months for the first draft. And then, you know, there's the editing. And, and so it's this six month process, probably at least that it took, I'd have to think about it, but I'm guessing it's, it was probably half a year that it takes to really go through, get it right, get it where you want it. And, and it's still not, you get to the end and like, oh, I could go back and change it. But it's like, no, no, you got to chill now. You got to, you got to put this thing out. You got to let it be what it is. Like, and, and sometimes you got to shrink your ego and stop worrying so much and just let it out and see if it can help people. And that's really when books are unique in their need. It's like they go out and they serve people and they help people create change in their life. And that's one of the, that's one of the most rewarding things is when you have people write and they're saying, man, my, I was really struggling in my life and this helped me. And, um, and I think that's why, you, that's why you do it is you do it for that. Re- if you're, if you're your best self, like I, my ego gets in the way, I have to try to work it out, get it, get it to shrink, get it to disappear. But when I'm at my best, I think I'm writing from a place where I can really help people create changes. And that's, what I'm passionate about now is like at a much, much higher level than even at that book. How do I help people get rid of their, their kind of clutter of their thoughts? How do I get rid of, help them get rid of self-doubt? How do I get them to focus on what really makes them unique so they can start showing up in a really powerful way? And um, it's, it's a cool thing to work on those things. Uh, So, so right now, uh, what, what things are inspiring you right now? I mean, I would say the thing that inspires me most, I've been working with um, the Cal Poly wrestling team. And um, man, what really inspires me is this is just an amazing group of, of young men and their coach is awesome. And just helping them free up, you know, helping them go out and, and close the gap on their goals, helping them um, find habits and strategies to, to improve their lives, you know, giving them skill sets so they can go out and be fulfilled for the rest of their lives, not just in wrestling and, and helping them more than anything, lighten their load. You talked about this this morning. I, I just really want to help them take the pressure off, take the expectations off and come to the table with passion so they can just free up. And so between that, um, passionate, I'm also working with some MMA athletes. That's a lot of fun. And the thing I'm always passionate about is being better in my household too, and being better as a, as a husband, as a parent, 
I make sure every morning that I go through meditation to clear my mind. And the very first thing I do is remind myself through gratitude. I am grateful to get to be my wife's husband and to be my, my kid's father. You know, th those are things that motivate me. They excite me, but I don't wait for motivation. You know, I show up every morning and I work habits that, that cultivate gratitude, that cultivate excitement. So I have the ability through where I point my brain to cultivate those emotions. So when I'm showing up in my day, I'm showing up the best, but the things that excite me most, creating an, an awesome family where we're exploring and we're loving on each other and we're doing those things. And that's super hard. Sometimes we struggle at it, we fail at it, but we're trying. And then in work, I want to create just radical, um, unbelievable strategies and systems to help athletes and professionals break free. Those things, I'm excited every day to get up and do that. And just to enjoy the process. That's another thing I talk about is it's great to think about the end, but man, I enjoy getting up and trying to come up with a strategy to help a client, to try one thing that might help us in our household. Those things excite me because little little changes one day at a time turn into really amazing things. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so right now we're, we're going to creative tips. Uh, this is something that I ask all of my guests. Uh, what is one creative tip or tip you can provide our audience? I think to me, um, the greatest thing that I say for creativity is create time and space for that. Don't don't just force it every day and grow. When, you, when you're on a deadline, don't just put yourself into that spot. Find space to think every single morning. Use meditation to clear your mind and get into a different brain wavelength. Get into that theta, that brain state from breath to where your brain is calm because the best ideas often pop from that spot. And I read this morning, I never knew this. I was reading a book on hypnotherapy and it talked about Thomas Edison. I believe it was Thomas Edison. I should, it's, it is. I'm 100% confident. Um, but he would lay down and they, they, he's, he's famous. They say he would take naps, right? He would take these daytime naps and he's kind of famous for that. And they said, that's where creativity comes. And the author was saying, that's not completely accurate. He used to carry a metal ball in his hand and he would lay down and he'd have it. He'd hold it in a way where if, if, if he went to sleep, it would drop and it would hit a metal pan. It would go boom. It would wake him up. And the reason why is he wasn't trying to go to sleep. He was trying to breathe and get into a meditative state because he said, that's when my best ideas come. One of the greatest inventors. I mean, here's a guy creativity wise, like you're looking at going, well, how did he do that? Well, you got to create space for it. If your mind is always cluttered and you're always pushing and you're always grinding, your best ideas do not come from there. I don't believe my best ideas come when I wake up in the morning and I'm consistent with my meditation and I'm calm and I'm clear. And all of a sudden the thought goes, boom this is what you need to do with your client. It's, um, it's amazing. It's like magic. Like I had some of my best strategies recently have been when I'm meditating and all of a sudden it's like, boom, you should do this with this guy. And I don't, I don't know where it comes from. It's insane. And then you take those things and you do them and you're like, wow, like that was really cool. And so most of that comes from that spot. So give yourself the space to clear your mind, disconnect from technology. Um, and use breath to get yourself into a different state. And really also what you're doing with breath is you're trying to get out of the, the conscious thought. Your conscious one's like, oh, I need to do this for lunch. I need to eat this food. No, when you breathe and you get yourself past that, then you've got this warehouse like of subconscious. And sometimes people believe outside of subconscious ideas that come to you. That's the space. That's the magical space, I think, creativity wise. And the more you work that in the morning, the more you can go into a work period and actually take a few minutes, put your headphones on, breathe, get yourself into that state, and then creativity tends to flow. But um, that's what I believe is just creativity comes from those types of spaces when you give yourself space for creativity. And, you know, I think that's a huge thing. 
Also, that, that's a great tip. That is that's great. Yeah, I know that some of my biggest, uh, you know, ideals or maybe if I'm just uh, thinking on 10,000 different things, I, yeah. like I said, I enjoy just picking rocks at the beach. Um, when yeah. I go into that little meditative, where I'm just, just searching for rocks yeah. or, certain, or little shells, my mind wanders. Yeah, man. And yeah. that's where everything just starts to come on in because uh, yeah. it could be very hard, especially for entrepreneurs, uh, athletes, creators. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you've got all these uh, potential abilities and talents to do great things, but sometimes, heck, sometimes we could be our own worst enemy. Uh, yeah. We could let so many oh, things. Oh, no doubt. Sort of, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so we have so many things sort of override us, and we just got that that challenge that we getting through that, getting through that resistance, and um, sort of you know being focused on uh, yeah. what we what we need to do. And I guess sometimes, yeah, we. Uh, I mean, a lot of times we we need to create that space. Uh, yeah. I know I'm. I know I'm a big advocate for that is, is finding that little pocket because if you don't, something yeah, yeah. will come in to fill it real Oh my quick. gosh, yeah. <laughs> and what, one thing you said, I, I, I hope your, your listeners won't miss is like, I've been suggesting this to a lot of my coaching clients too. Put yourself outside, put yourself in nature if you can. Now, if you're in zero degree weather, I don't know what you do with that, but like, yeah. you know, try to get into the, the sun, try to get around the trees and then be okay. You don't have to be grinding all the time. In fact, high performers learn to find pockets where they let their brain recharge. They let their brain rest. And it's crazy when you're letting your brain rest. Yeah, you're throwing rocks. You're sitting on a hike on a mountain. All of a sudden, that space, when you get into that state also is where that creativity comes. And But man, when we're grinding all the time, yeah, you might get some stuff done, but your best ideas don't come from that spot. I don't believe that they do. So I just wanted to point that out. Your idea of nature and that really awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's actually sort of amazing. I mean, I know I said both of us got a, a wrestling back background, but um, high school and college, I, it used to freak me out um, so much. I mean, I was so dialed in with like not messing up. Yeah. I, instead of instead of like just being me and just wrestling, yeah. um, I, I find myself now even getting ideals like when I I enjoy wrestling so much now because it's more of a meditative uh, oh, yeah. for me now where I could yeah. just just play around and just wrestle. I'm not worried about yeah. winning or losing, and no. I literally go into a meditative zone whenever whenever I'm wrestling. Um, yeah. I was like, if I had that when I was actually in college, oh shape, man, I would yeah. I would be a whole lot more dangerous. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a huge space. That awesome advice. Yeah, you got to keep teaching people that. You know, when you work with your athletes, that's so important. Like, you know, getting them to 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 let go of that, worrying about wins, losses, rankings, protecting um, status, and instead just simplifying, using breath to clear your mind. Maybe giving yourself one focal point and saying, "Hey, just give your best effort. Have fun. Go out, cut loose." That's super powerful, and it's it's so good. I see so many that the athletes that want to have fun, they want to enjoy what they're doing, but with that baggage, they can't. But when you simplify and you teach them these strategies, all of a sudden they start going out and they're like, I really loved it. High performance is, doesn't have to be this grind slog where you feel pain after losses and stuff. Instead, you can just be excited to give your best performance, look for growth on the back end, get rid of all the baggage and just go out and find that meditative state, right? You know, find that state where you're just, you're freed up and doing your thing. And um, that's why I think everything, if it's not athletics, I think your, your business should be that way. It doesn't have to be this slog. You can learn to enjoy it, love it, find a spot where you want to show up every day. And I think that's where the highest ideas and impact come from. Great. Uh, 
Well, but, uh, before we sign off, uh, what are some words of wisdom that you could provide our audience? What's something that maybe they hear this episode when this releases in a, in a couple of weeks or maybe a year from now when someone happens to catch this episode? What is something you can give to our, uh, to our audience that's going to resonate with them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this resonates, but I think one of the greatest things that you can do if you want to enhance your life, you want to be more effective, you want to increase your impact, it's going to seem counterintuitive, even a little bit selfish, and people battle with this, but it's find time to invest in you. And if you can do it in the morning, it is one of the best times to do it. That's where my life changed. Just when I listened to Robin Sharma, I carved out time for me. It wasn't easy to get up every single day, but I started to get up and I started to invest through books, through gratitude, through gold. I started to point my brain in the right direction. And if you'll do that, it seems selfish, but you're, you're making one of the greatest investments for you to be able to go out and give more to your family, give more to your clients, create more impact. And then also to get your mind in a spot where you are, you're looking at things the right way so you can be better and provide better. So I think it's, find that time to invest in you. It's, it, is, it is priceless. It's one of the most important things you'll ever do to create change in your life is to make sure you're consistent with it in a way that you're growing, you're getting better, your mind's getting stronger. It will impact every area of your life. And uh, lastly, uh, what are some, uh, some potential projects that you're brewing on? What, what's some things that you got coming, uh, coming down, the, uh, down the pipe? Well, the, the, the biggest one is just this, this Thrive high-performance program that I'm creating for programs and for businesses. I'm brewing on that every day, and, and I'm really close. I'm, I'm basically working on it in real time with, with some teams, with some business professionals, and my next step is to release it or on a bigger scale so teams can take it and use it on their own. Businesses can take it and use it on their own. So that, that's the biggest thing that I'm working on. I want a world-class um, high-performance and personal wellness system that anybody can use to really dig in, get their mind in the right space and free up uh, and really crush it in their lives. So that, that is the thing that I'm working on. It very, very narrowly focused um, in that regard. Right. That's awesome. And then um, if people want to get in contact with you to uh, purchase a book or, or a coaching session or speaking engagements, media inquiries, how can, how can people reach out to you? Yeah, the nice thing about having a name like Coit Cooper is there's literally not another one on the planet. So as long as you remember it's Coyote without the second O, C-O-Y-T-E, C-O-O-P-E-R, super easy to follow, find me on social media. If you want to write me on there, that's fine. Um, you can also go to my website, CoitCooper.com, and you can hit me up there uh, as well. You can find my email, um, past podcast episodes, my book information, and everything like that. So finding me probably not too hard because of my name, but... Um, absolutely don't don't hesitate to reach out if I can help you your business your team or anything like that I'd love to jump on a call and just explore that right yeah quite Cooper that that uh, it actually reminds me of like a uh, that those are names that used to use for a lot of uh, uh, characters uh, in uh, comic books because yeah. it was easy it was easy for people to remember like Peter Parker or Clark Kent. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you know what uh, speaking of which uh, if you had one superpower uh, since we're going to a quick comic book uh, question here, if you had one superpower, uh, what would it be? I, the ability to to sit down with people and help them create shifts that help them believe in themselves. I think I think I have the capability to help them find ways to get their mind in a spot to free up. So to believe in themselves, to free up, so they can just go out and crush it in their lives. That's that's the superpower I believe I have. I'm working on it every day. 
if I can help people free up and achieve their goals and dreams, man, that, that's, that would be awesome. Great. That's great. Well, uh, like I said, he's got a, uh, a whole, um, uh, a, a whole library of, of different, uh, mindset, uh, mindset tools, uh, books, uh, coaching sessions. If you, if you're looking for any athlete team coach business, um, if you're looking to get an edge, uh, looking to create strategies, build culture, um, within your organization and leadership, um, this is the man to talk to. Um, he has figured out a way to use his pain and transform it into something, uh, transmuted into something positive and something that can help, uh, I believe millions of people, um, all over. So, uh, if you get a chance, please check out, uh, you can go to pointcooper.com to, uh, check out all the things that he's got going on. Um, you can reach out, uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? Just uh, email is the best way. Just quick Cooper um, at Olin, O-L-L-I-N living, L-I-V-I-N-G dot com. And you can find that on my website as well. That's great. That's awesome. So uh, once again, I, uh, if you get a chance, uh, when this episode releases, this will be on all of our podcast platforms, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Facebook Podcasts. And then video portion will be on uh, YouTube um, as well as the Facebook Creative Brew pages. And then this audio will also be on my radio show on heliumradio.com. Uh, be, it'll be all over the airwaves. So um, the show links, uh, show notes and everything will be uh, released out for that uh, once this releases. But um, oh, also too, if you want to support the show and you're considering, um, you know, if you love the, the, the guests that we're bringing on, the content, um, that we're, we're putting out. Please consider supporting the show at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the creative brew. And for the price of a cup of coffee, um, you can help support the show. Um, so other than that, hey, this has been another great episode with uh, my good friend, Dr. Coit Cooper and me, show host, Quantel Langford. And once again, this has been the creative brew. Be creative, stay inspired.